All right. Welcome back to Inside Flakes. And as of this recording, we're recording on Halloween. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a wolf out there. Mm. Uh, uh, so if you're listening to this, I hope you had a really good Halloween. And you know what? Actually, we're going to be talking about a, a couple more horror movies that we have recently watched. Yay. And I guess we should start... Well, I should start by saying that my name is Mike. I keep on forgetting uh, to do our introduction, but my name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. We are three brothers who like to get together and talk about movies, everything movies, everything in the world of streaming, film, uh, TV, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so let's talk about the big kind of uh, 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 news item, I guess. It really, I would say this would, this one shocked me. Yeah, because when I they think announced it, it should have shocked the world. It should have. Well, I, I think it did. So when Bloom, Blumhouse uh, in, uh, announced that they were going to release Five Nights at Freddy, and they kind of released a trailer that was a couple uh, months ago, and it was already in the planning. This was a kind of a, a big deal back, you know, for years, right? I never thought that this was going to be one of the best Universal openings of all time, or at least this year. Right. And 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 like beat out like a lot of big blockbusters that came out this year, like Fast X or or you know, I mean, really, it was only kind of like um, uh, Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer did a little bit better than than this opening and, and a Barbie and Mario, but that's about it. Right, right. So let's just talk about that for a moment before we talk about the movie because we we did watch the movie. Uh, right. I I would say. I for because I saw it on Peacock. I forward the movie a lot because I think it's not that great of a film. But before we get into that, let's talk about just this number, this this eighty million number. Now, initially, it was going to they were saying that it was going to open in forty, somewhat for, mid forties, which would have been a great opening. And then the initial uh, 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 announcement was that they made around seventy four million or seventy five million. I'm like, oh my god. Now the official numbers is that it's even more. It's eighty million over the three day weekend. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, that's that's just just incredible. I'm not super surprised because I knew there was a massive fan base for it. Um, I'm just kind of more disappointed with like the quality of the movie. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it's a uh, yeah another kind of Blumhouse. Uh, you know, a miracle or whatever. <laughs> yes, it's definitely. Miracle. I mean, I think with this number, Blumhouse. Because it's a cheap movie. It's an extremely cheap movie. I think it was only twenty million in the budget. Blumhouse with this with this number, I think it it kind of. I think it be it, it's up there with Lionsgate as like one of these you know I don't know solid mid budget uh uh studio movie studios you know they're able to produce these kind of. Low budget, but have yeah. great uh, numbers or box office numbers. Uh, Rich, w when you saw the number for for Five Nights at Freddy's and the, uh, for this weekend, mm -hmm. what, what was your first thoughts? Um, typical. <laughs> this is America now. I mean, this is this is the youth of America. They they obviously just they just care about the uh, the the. The, 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 yeah, the IP they're used to because the quality of this film is horrible. <laughs> this film is just downright, you know, sloppy. <laughs> it's um, not that much worse than Willy's Wonderland. Or even Blumhouse's last uh, opening, uh, The Exorcist Believer, but we'll get into that one too. Um, but uh, 
But so far, Blumhouse has been hit after hit this whole year, mm-hmm. starting with Megan. Um, so I think they're they're the studio just blew up three hundred percent. I mean, no no problem with this this entire year. Yeah. Um, even though they they did some risky moves um, with their the their the the ones that they actually uh, bought recently um, with the, with the uh, Exorcist you talk about and the Halloween franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Raymond, I, I'm not very familiar with Five Nights at Freddy as a franchise. I know there was a video game, but it, it, it all this stuff still seems pretty old. I mean, it's not like one of the newer video games, and, and maybe this is much more kind of an online thing or an, an online yeah, sensation. It, well, isn't it one of those Steam um, video games? Yeah, it's like a mobile game, but yeah. I mean, there were a, a lot of sequels to it, and it's basically on all platforms. Like, if you really wanted to, you can buy it for like PlayStation or nintendo or you know all it's on all platforms mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's multiple sequels and stuff and they've kind of you know merchandised the hell out of the franchise by you know making toys and clothing and everything you can pretty much imagine so i think all of that kind of helped keep the franchise alive over this past decade and you know people grew up with it and they love it and i guess there's a lore to it i I've only played the game a little bit. I'm, I don't. I don't know any of this lore and stuff. I, <laughs> to me, this was all kind of new. And I'll. I'll just say really quick while we're talking about the movie. I thought there's a lot in there that you know could have maybe made an interesting movie, but it just all felt so slow, boring, mm-hmm. bland, and uneventful. And um, I don't know. The script sucks, and the direction was even worse. Mm. So like. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could have made a good movie, but this was not the right team. And, um, yeah, nothing about the movie really worked. But well, um, yeah, the movie movie itself. But I I I applaud the uh, the effort that not Universal or Blumhouse put into it. I, I I'm thinking the more the uh, the original um, you know the IP owner or whatever whoever it's in, in charge of the, the game. Similar to Barbie. I mean, Mattel is the one who promoted the hell out of the Barbie movie. I don't think Warner Brothers did that much at, at all. Same as Universal did this to this Five Nights at Freddy. I think it's more. It was more word of mouth for through the uh, through through the uh, you know the original uh, producer or whatever the, the creator the, the, the creator video game creator the video game, and their and their and then what they did to uh, went ahead and uh, even cast a bunch of what I heard they they cast a bunch of uh, Twitch streamers to to make appearances in this movie, and I think that, that helped a lot too. I mean that 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 I mean all those Twitch players and whatever but, there, but let me say this there have been other movies comedies you know where they had like youtube actors or youtube or whatever influence yeah that ryan reynolds one or, or, or what was it what was it the uh the the big ryan's Reynolds one. um oh uh free guy free guy yeah that, oh, they, that did one they have some... social uh media influencers and I, I, I oh yeah the, yeah uh, definitely okay so they have you know they had have movies where the where the social media star was the star of, of those movies, but they it never came out, and you know it, it was never a big deal. It was never a big blockbuster. I'm sure they had they made money, but I mean this is like a totally well, different. Was, it was a big hit, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was during the pandemic too. But that's still Ryan Reynolds, and that's still kind of a summer blockbuster. Yeah, that's a good point. This this just had you know Josh Hutcherson really. That was <laughs> yeah, just just, I mean, no, Five well, Nights at Freddy really feels like. <clears throat> meant for a, a younger audience 
And yes. it's it's a, it's almost Which like makes the, sense. It's yeah, it's almost like the teenage version of the minions when we had the that kind of This is whole basically hoopla. like this is basically like Willy's Wonderland but for children. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, I were which teenagers. Which is sad because, so. like, this, which, which is sad because this, like, was, I mean, this kind of came first. You know what I mean? Like, they should have made something. It was I mean, it was very odd seeing this, this film uh, get uh, no uh, theatrical release uh, exclusive at all. I mean, well, they probably I would, didn't think there was going to be that big of a deal. They thought, I mean, well, look, they... Blumhouse, Blumhouse. Well, they announced it a lot earlier than usual. Well, this is very similar to what they did, what Blumhouse did with the Halloween uh, franchise. They they released that both in theaters and Peacock around the same time. And yeah, but they this is always a this was always a lock to be in front of Halloween. Sure, but I I don't know if they were expecting this big of a number, and maybe this was part of the deal with with Universal. You know, like that that yeah, we'll we'll pull this out in theaters, but we'll have to put this in Peacock. Who knows what the deal was back then? You know, or maybe they were more afraid of Saw X at the time. I don't know. Well, (laughs) yeah. I mean, or it it was perhaps they didn't want to go up against the the Exorcist. Sure, that's a possibility too. I think, but Five Nights at Freddy's this this kind of number it really I think scores a or makes a a mark saying that this is a new generation, and they're taking over and. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Universal and Blumhouse thought that was going to be totally switched with The Exorcist. (laughs) This was a a number that they're. Well, let's talk a little bit about The Exorcist. You know, here's Mm -hmm. Exorcist. They spend a whole bunch of money just for the the rights to it. Now they're planning this trilogy, which I don't think anyone really cares about. And (laughs) the first movie was not well received by critics. It was not Mm -hmm. really. I I guess it did okay numbers, but not enough to uh, to justify the the amount of money they spent for the IP. Mm -hmm. But. I would say The Exorcist Believer is a much better film than Five Nights at Freddy, but (laughs) no one cares about that IP because it's just just an old, you know, it's an old movie. It's based on an old movie. It's no, and 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 you would think that would that would be it would be different. You would think, well, because there's a a legacy or there's some some you know there's a a history behind that kind of uh, IP that you would think people would be more interested in it. And apparently, no, no one gives a shit. They'd rather see I think the, Five Nights at Freddy's. I, I think part of the problem was it's just been so long since there was an Exorcist movie. I mean, the last Exorcist movie was um, that prequel, which came out back when I think was I was like in middle school, mm-hmm. and I don't. It wasn't even. It didn't even have Exorcist in the title. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called again? Is that the one with Stella, uh, the Skarsgård? Um, the one they did it twice. The beginning, yeah. Exorcist, the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah, that was, a, that, was long, terrible, that was a terrible, terrible. Yeah, that was a terrible. I mean, I, I didn't, I I didn't see is, the movie. I think this is. I think this is better than that, personally. Well, I, this is a bad movie as well. I didn't see the uh, the beginning, but um, yeah, that was a kind of a terrible. <laughs> I think Paul Schrader was originally attached to it, and then then uh, um, they got Rennie Harlan to come in and just totally shoot a new movie. <laughs> so <laughs> there was like two movies. And I think Paul Shader was able to able to release his cut. So you actually have two cuts of a terrible movie. <laughs> I, I've never seen the second cut. I knew I've never seen any, any of the cuts. <laughs> so I just heard it was just terrible movies. But um, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was like like almost twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah. but I, even that, even but I mean, Exorcist 
itself is almost a brand because it's and it's oh, also no, related it's, to Hollywood. I mean, to to Halloween. You would yeah. think with that enough awareness, it would at least drive some people to the theaters. And uh, no, it, it doesn't really think so. it really didn't pan out that way. But I'm so shocked well, about you Five know, Nights honestly, at Freddy. Honestly, if they didn't spend all that money on The Exorcist, it, it would be doing well. Yeah, it would be totally adequate. I mean, if you think Saw X was is okay with that number, and it, and I yeah. got a lot of good reviews by by critics, and it you know it did like about forty fifty million, and I think The Exorcist mm-hmm. is going to kind of about get that much domestically forty about fifty, and you know no, it already has it, it surpassed well, it. It's almost sixty. Yeah, so. and, and and you count in the international numbers, it, it's not doing that bad. But yeah. you have that big paycheck hanging above it because of the yeah. how much they pay yeah. for the and, IP. And I don't see the the sequels do doing any better than this. You know what I mean? I right. see the, I see um, diminishing returns. Yes, yes, yes. So it, that's it, a it was a, it was a gamble. It was definitely a gamble. Yeah. But, and also, know. like after after watching the movie, I don't really see where you can take it. The sequel. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, unless they kind of continue. With the original cast members, but I I don't think they're going to do that. Who knows? I, I I don't know, and I don't really know if I care about any of the new characters either. Uh, let me say this about well, the I, just, well, I'll, I I I kind of liked the first half of the movie because yes. for me the the beginning was pretty compelling. I liked um um what what's the actor from um the musical stuff? Leslie Leslie Od- Odom Jr. Yeah, I I thought he, I liked his character in the beginning. Yes, I would say the first thirty minutes of that movie was solid, and I was like, actually, yeah, and it didn't feel like myself. an Exorcist movie at all. It was like a very kind of fresh kind of horror film. Yes, and I was thinking to myself, I go, oh, this is actually not that bad. I'm actually mm-hmm. quite interested in Leslie o- 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 Odom's Jr.'s character and how he's taking care of his, you know, teenage daughter. There was this traumatic experience where he lost his uh, wife in, in it, Haiti. It's better than Josh Hutcherson taking care of his sister. Well, it's so weird because Josh. I mean, I, I'm not. I think it's so. Like Josh Hutcherson, I thought he was the best thing about the movie, and, and, <laughs> and, and he's not. And he's not that great in the movie. I mean, he, he's fi- he's perfectly fine, but he's as much. He's a much more darker. Well, he has movie. nothing to work with. Yeah, he has nothing to work with. He hasn't even no dialogue to work with. But he, mm-hmm. I think he's in that like a really stark drama, and then you got <laughs> Mary Stewart Masterson and Matthew Lillard who kind of know that this is going to be a campy horror movie, so they're kind of acting in a totally different uh, tone. Yeah, and I don't know. So it, the movie is a, it's just a complete mess, and yeah. I got to the point where I go, I just don't care about this movie. I'm going to fast forward it. Forward it. I would have just left it, you know, like just stop and just left it alone after I don't know what. 30 minutes of it because I, I got we got I think I got to I was watching this with Rich and I think we got to like not uh, <laughs> I think we got to the second night angle man there's going to be three fucking more nights of this yeah. shit and I'm like I, yeah. I can't do it man so let's just fast forward I, at one point I was like watching it in second speed or what's it called uh, you know two speed you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and 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 I, I'm like, it made a little bit like, better. <laughs> like, when is anything going to happen? Yeah, yeah. The, the pacing wise, it helped a lot. Yeah, but this there's nothing that happens in that movie really that I would say it's that's how the scary. that's how the game is really in, in the phone. Because uh, you're just kind of a security guard looking at security cameras 
and nothing's happening, right? So in that in that regard, you know, well, you know, it's, it's like fu- playing the game. Well, watching the movie after, and the only reason I really watched the movie was because it had this big number. I go, well, this is a phenomenon. I gotta at least give this a try. And it got me yeah, really depressed. And- it got me really depressed of thinking like, what is the state of of movies nowadays after? This movie comes out, and after not liking Barbie, which is uh, was the biggest movie of the year, I mean, it can't be as bad as this. It's not. I haven't it's seen not. Barbie yet. I mean, Barbie is a it's a better, much better film. But I mean, and, and Richard, you like Barbie, right? Yeah, I liked it enough. Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it deserves that that phenomenon status that they but both of these movies got. So that's yeah. But I mean, you know what? I haven't seen Barbie yet, but you know, we haven't we haven't really gotten a, a good comedy in a while. Or maybe mm-hmm. for people, Barbie was just good enough. No, I think I think it, I think both movies are very similar. Where it's just well, Five Nights at Freddy's similar in, in in the phenomenon aspect that this was kind of talked about. People are are excited to watch these movies because now they got something to say in social media. Hey, I went to the Five Nights at Freddy's this past weekend. The crowd was crazy. The movie sucked or whatever. You know, they have something to say because everyone's talking about it. It becomes They're this water cooler stuff it. that that people needs to 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 reply or to to express whatever, and they don't want to be felt left out. And I think that's the same thing. You could apply that to Barbie because I think and 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 it just got. Like like kind of like a um, snowball effect. It got even you know much more popular after the after a couple of weeks because of the online fever that they got the Barbie Heimer and stuff you know, and I think that's the the new way of thinking about opening these movies. You have to create a some kind of online cessation where people need to talk about, and it's not about the quality of the movie or the quality of the script or the acting. It's really just can you get promotion <laughs> can you excite or elicit some kind of fanfare for this pre- i mean i think it started with uh blumhouse with megan mm-hmm. and that was kind of the first signs of it the very you know they opened in the very first month of of this year where that became a social media uh thing where people needed i mean they're to- good at marketing man yeah, it's a, it's kind of the well, online when they market. want to when they want to 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 uh, promote something because Totally Killer, which came out you know a couple weeks ago and we talked about last week, mm-hmm. um, they they totally kissed its ass. Uh, you know, I mean, they didn't yeah, bother. Well, you know, Totally uh, Killer made some money. Totally Killer is um, it was a I think it's they they were they 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 sold to Amazon. They said, right, fine, that was it. Yeah. Well, I saw job know, well I saw done. An interview. I saw an interview with uh, oh wait, what's his name? Jason Blum, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, well, I saw an interview with him. He was talking about Five Nights at Freddy's and like why it's like streaming at the same time. And he's like, you know, with the streaming deal that they made, he he basically made all the profit back just with that deal. So yeah, yeah. he just he just said, you know, all the box office is just you know bonus. Yeah. Of course. Wow. Yeah. So. so <laughs> So I mean, I mean he's yeah. I, I got to give it to Jason Blum. He is a good businessman. He has a great business sense of. of or work. he's a gambler, that's for sure, because he's he's also gambling on Spawn. That, well, then again, that could that could be just as as popular as Fight Night. Instead, Freddy, if it comes out, uh, or it could be another Halloween exorcist. Year. <laughs> yeah, it could be another exorcist because I don't see any kids um, overhyped on Spawn the IP. Well, that's true. That's, that's true. That's gonna be more for maybe. Our dad's gonna want to bring their kids to the <laughs> Yeah, well, the 
Uh, with Five Nights, Five Nights at Freddy, do you think that's there's something involved with the video game aspect? Do you think maybe this is the really the year that sparked the video game adaptation? Uh, yeah, especially with right, Super with Mario, Mario Brothers. Yeah, and what was the other one? There's I think another video game movie reselling. Uh, can't remember. I'm sure there was. Super Mario? I mean, Sonic was a, a couple, you know, was well, a huge hit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, is this kind of the, the oh, new... Oh, Gran Turismo. Oh, Gran Turismo? Yeah, yeah. But, but, I guess it wasn't a box office sensation. Right. It was just more like, you know, well-received, I guess, or well-received enough. Right. <laughs> more than Uncharted. Well, yeah, well, considered to, considering that most video game adaptations are terrible... Like Five Nights, <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy, <laughs> but I mean, m- most of them are terrible. Yeah, Gran Tur- Turismo. Well, I well I like Gran Turismo. That's why I, I'm saying it was well received. But it's, that's part. I was of like, the, this actually feels like a real movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it's part biopic and part video game. So I don't know if it 100 percent counts, but certainly after the success of Super Mario Brothers, and now uh, Nintendo's probably most likely going to turn some of their IP into to films or TV shows or whatever. Or a universe, a shared universe, probably. Um, yeah, do you think this is kind of the an, another sign of that this is going to take over the superhero genre? This this video uh, video game adaptation is going to be the new hot ticket. You know what, man? Uh, I think it means that they have to pick the right property, and they have to actually, you know, sadly, I think the message is you have to be super loyal to what the fans want because that's what Mario did and that's what Five Nights at Freddy's did. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. Yes, it really seems like... I mean, um, Five Nights at Freddy's and Rich, you were talking about how... Be very cre- respectful to the lore. Yeah. Be very respectful to the fans and just kiss their butt, give them exactly <laughs> what they want. Have Basically the fan, a live some, action. Yeah, have the fans appear in the movie itself. Yeah, put put all the lore from like five games or whatever in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Rich, you were saying that the the creator of Five Nights at Freddy, Scott Calton. Calton? Mm-hmm. Calton. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, he was a producer on this movie. He also uh, co wrote the screenplay. So he was very much involved in the production of this movie. And yeah, I guess I think that's the message. I think that's, I think maybe you're right. I think you're, uh, but the thing is, can they just make a, a good movie though? <laughs> I mean, how, how hard is it to have just a decent movie? Like, like, well, if you're going to be so loyal to, uh, to a, a certain property to, to this extension, it has to be a, a property worth adapting for more than just box office. You know, there has to be a good story there. Mm-hmm, yes. And I don't think Five Nights at Freddy's really ever had a good story. I, I, I never played the games. It's just from watching the movies, I, from the movie, I, I think there were some interesting ideas and maybe you could have made a good movie out of it, but this script certainly wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, I would think that the uh, um, um, in the video games, uh the the freak whatever the the characters themselves the Freddy character whatever you want to call them yeah I would think that they had more of a personalities uh, on themselves and they you, they could have that had more screen times talking to themselves somehow you know I don't think they really ever did that from what I know I think they just you know they would show them you know dancing whatever like you know those Chuck E Cheese characters and then they would just show them you know uh, jump scare jump out and kind of kill you and then that's it. They were just more like jump scare things. So you wouldn't, I don't think you really see them like talking. Let me ask you this. And I never played the Five Nights at Freddy's game. Are coming for you? <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. I never played the Five Nights at Freddy's game. 
But did yeah. the the I guess the main character is the security guard, or you're playing the security guard? Yeah, I guess so. Does he sleep all, <laughs> all throughout the game? Because Josh Hutchinson so. sleeps throughout the whole movie, and I'm not saying that as a metaphor. I mean, he literally sleeps because he has it's these part dreams. Of the plot. Yeah, <laughs> and I go, what the fuck is going on here? How many times is this guy's going to have a dream sequence? And and well, it, it's thought, a really boring dream sequence. They were, they were. But you know what? I thought you could have maybe done something with that whole idea because it kind of had a little bit of a nightmare on Elm Street and like um maybe like like a nightmare on Elm Street meets like kind of Stephen King. Um, oh like, yeah, sure, sure. But but I don't think it ever went anywhere and i that's it, it was all kind of executed in the very this movie's like i think i think the direction of this movie is really bad yeah like, the movie i know it's only 20 million but it feels like it was 5 million or less like it feels super cheap and it just feels like it was made by the most inexperienced filmmaker like it feels like almost like tommy Wiseau, like <laughs> or somebody like that you know like they're there's just some serious issues with this movie that like it were almost to the point where it feels like it wasn't even made by a human or something, or maybe it was made by a child. Well, the 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 woman who drew, who directed the movie was her name is Emma Tamley or Tammy, and I I believe she directed a couple of those Bloomhouse or Blumhouse um shorts. Uh, yeah, the one for, on Hulu, those kind of episodic um Halloween. I forgot what it was the series of. But, it, you know, they have a – there was a couple of episodes or kind of, I guess, feature-length episodes that she directed. And it, it this feels kind of like that. It feels like a Hulu original horror movie, you know, like really kind of cheap uh, budget and empty, maybe a little stretched out. I mean, that's what it felt like. And mm-hmm. I'm just shocked that people just didn't care. People – I mean, is this getting good rev- – I mean, I know critics have blasted this. I know there's a couple people have, you know, uh, online have blasted this movie. But the hardcore fans, fans do they love it? This movie, it. yeah. So they're they're just totally into it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's scary. That see now that that depresses me because it's not about the quality of the movie. It it, it really is about just like pandering, and we'll maybe we'll talk about the the yeah. South Park as special, mm-hmm. but it's really just pandering to a certain uh, to a certain you know audience. In this case, I guess like a sixteen to twenty year old audience. Well, it's obviously, we're not part of that audience, and uh, just you know, yeah, but I don't, I don't think it. T- I don't think if we were, I think I don't think anyone would say that this is a. a no, a, yeah, I I agree. I think if I, I'm with Mike, uh, I I think you know, even if I was a fan of this franchise, I think I'd actually be pissed off. You know, I'd be like, "This is what you did with it. Like, it could have been something great." Oh, and, you turn, you know, and I heard but, I um, heard people like kind of. But defend- I, but again, I, I I don't really know the lore. I I only played the game like once. I downloaded it like just to see what all the hype was about. And I was like, eh, and then I never played it again. You know right. what I mean? So I just, I, I know what it is, but, and I, I, I think that, you know, the, the, uh, I love, I love the concept you right, know, right. of a security guard, you know, being, you know, murdered at a kind of Chuck E. Cheese like place. Cause a big part, cause you know, I, I used, when I was a child, I went to Chuck E. Cheese all the time. So thinking <laughs> about, you know, thinking about those things, killing you and killing children is kind of a, I think a fun horror concept, but uh, I don't think this movie did a good job at it, and you know I don't think Willy's Wonderland did a good job at it either. But at least that movie had Nicolas Cage. Yes, um, yeah. But this I, this movie, I mean this, I mean I, I think at this point they should just give up. But it seems like a simple concept. I don't know how they keep getting it wrong. And I don't know how they would kind of do a sequel to this. I mean, it's 
I mean, what else is there to say about the? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the games are a little bit more complicated. I don't know. Maybe but they I, should. I heard, like, I heard uh, people people who hated they should them. bring in um, bring in Nicholas Cage and have a, <laughs> do a, a crossover, crossover. <laughs> with Willie's. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard critics who, who kind of bashed the movie, but then they kind of stopped themselves short because it did so so big in the box office, and they say, well. You know, at least this is a gateway for a lot of young audiences to go to, you know, go back to the movie theaters and experience movies like this. But I'm going, well, you know, that's a cynical I, way to think of that because, you know, even if you say this is a just for kids and this is, a, you know, this could be a nice gateway to horror movies. Like, I grew up with with really good horror movies. I mean, you're, you, you, why give them such a low well, caliber of a horror movie? Well, I mean, I think of me, my... Let me, let me, let okay, me counter what you're saying. Go ahead. Let me counter what you're saying really quick because I, 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 I hear a comment like that and I also do... I, I do think that I like that sometimes because I start to think of movies that I liked when I was a kid that I don't really like today. And I think of movies like, you know, like Casper, for example. You know, I mean, with, with, the, with the great um, uh, Devon Salmon. <laughs> Devon Salmon. Right? From the Chucky uh, series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I mean, but that's not a very good movie. But I think that's like, you know, I think maybe that's kind of like what Five Nights at Freddy's is like for today. Right? I don't know. I think it's a lot less, a less, less quality. That's. I mean, that's what I start to think also. Like, I think Casper was a better movie than this, but I'm like, maybe that's just nostalgia. I well, I remember, you know, I barely remember, but uh, over 20 years ago, I took Raymond to go see Pokemon. And I remember pulling my hair out going, my God, this is Ox, get me out of here. Yeah, I, but Raymond was having a good time. Wait, you took him? And, I took him to see Pokemon. Or whatever, and then uh, I then, uh, and then a week later, we went to go see Rugrats, and that's much better. And... Okay. Raymond had a better time, and but I mean, does this is, could this be like a Pokemon too? <laughs> I think Poke- I, I remember I remember taking yeah, I may, maybe that might be a good that might be a good comparison. In the I way, remember, but I, I remember, but I'm t- pretty sure this is much better than Pokemon, right? I think the Pokemon movie is better than this. Five Nights at Freddy's, I, I, even though it? I was almost wanted to uh, tear my eyes out. But, well, maybe maybe it's just because at least the the Pokemon movie had like you know this like. And like two two hand drawn animation, and also it felt like you were on a psychedelic drug trip, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and in a way you're going, okay, maybe I could just ride this, you know, this psychedelic wave. Well, I just couldn't with with Finite Freddy because it just felt like very poor. Um, no, I just when people say that that this could be a gateway to some of the good horror movies or to better horror movies, you know, like, I, just, like I just I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if that's the case because. I remember Poltergeist was one of my gateway horror movies, and that's a perfectly great film. Still to this day, yeah. it's a classic film. So PG thirteen, and it's PG thirteen. Another one, yeah. another one for you is uh, uh, Monster Squad, which you know I, yeah, we didn't love go. when we rewatched, but it's still much better than Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's just a, maybe a poor excuse to say to to just because it made so much money. I just I just find it a little more depressing, and in the in just really the, the kind of the state of of films nowadays. Yeah, there's no way this is Goonies, and uh, oh, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really like, like Goonies. <laughs> some of the really crappy movies that we all kind of like back then when we were kids, you know. This I'm ha- was- yeah, I'm trying to think of more about having trouble. Like, <laughs> I, I guess there's like the like the the monsters, like uh, the the TV movie that they did when they were old men. 
Or, or, or who, what's better, Rob Zombie's Monsters or Five Nights at, Five Nights at Freddy's? I like I like Rob Zombie's <laughs> Monsters more. Now I would accept that. I would say if someone said, "Hey, maybe this is not for me. This is the gateway for kids to watch horror movies." I would agree. That would be a perfect way. Watch Rob Zombie's Monsters <laughs> instead of Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh no, man. Yeah, I was just really depressed. Really, really bad. It's a bad. I just could not understand the. The, the you know what what was it about it? Even though I kind of liked seeing Mary Mary Stewart Masterson, I haven't seen her <laughs> in a long time. She's in the move in this movie, and Matthew Lillard, who was a you know the Scream actor, he I didn't and do I anything loved him. though in the movie. Yeah, I know he has like a bigger part in the film, and and he has a I I I, I didn't realize he was going to be this big of a part. But still, I kind of still felt bad for him, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and you know. I just, you know, he was a guy who I loved to watch in the 90s, Scream, you know, uh, Hackers and all that stuff. So, you know, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I just felt really, really. It's sad that it's a, this is a boost to his career. I know. I know. I think everyone, actually. Josh Hus- Hutcherson, oh, yeah, too. You know? yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, either. Uh, yeah, so whatever the case. Maybe, like, maybe we'll just chalk this up as, like, this is not meant for us and, you know. To each his own, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, any last words from the Exorcist believer? Um, you, you guys want to talk about before we kind of move on? Well, well yeah, uh, I'll say actually, I don't hate the movie, and I but I think part of the reason is because I really went in with like such low rock bottom expectations. Because yeah. I mean, I saw the movie like just a couple days ago. I mean, the movie's already like streaming to watch at home and. Um, I have a regal pass. So I just I, I had to make some time uh, for for something, and I I went to go see it at a movie theater close by, and um, I I don't I don't know, man. Like I I I heard like so all these reviews talking about how they handled the kind of uh, the the franchise and how it, it how this is like you know how this movie handles certain aspects like con- connecting it to the original Exorcist movie yeah. that it feels like. Um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie for Netflix or something like that. Oh, and I was, and I was like, this movie is so much better than everything. Like you know, that it seems like people are kind of comparing it to, and that people what people are saying. And I, I just, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And that doesn't mean it's a good movie though, right? Because uh, I really feel, um, I don't think David Gordon Green was really a good fit for this movie, or really a good fit for this franchise. Because something I really loved about the original Exorcist movie and something I also love about The Omen is I think those movies, like, with the way they kind of handled the whole religious stuff, mm-hmm. like, all the, all that Catholic stuff, it feels very real. Like, I'm not a religious person, but you watch those movies and, like, it feels like, you know, it feels like a drama. It feels like, and it feels like the stuff is actually, like, that can happen. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something very kind of grounded with it. And the way David Gordon Green kind of handles this movie, to me, it almost feels like it was like directed by like a, like an agnostic person or something like that. And like it, it's almost if all that religious stuff felt almost like a, it didn't feel authentic. It felt I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just felt very. To well, yeah. To me, it felt like overhanded with the religious. Maybe stuff. that's it. I mean, it's Maybe like, that's it's, it. it's it so didn't feel believable right. or grounded. It didn't, it, that's that. I mean, that stuff was really kind of what ruined the movie for me. And also, you know, the waste of, um, 
you know Ellen Ellen Burstein and oh yeah and definitely the the way how the way they handled all stuff because I thought there was some kind of some interesting ideas that they were doing but I don't know I just that I don't like how they ended up handling it. Well, and exorcists believe that there's two teenage girls who get um, yeah. I think I think that's what what they that's what they messed up with having two um, girls. Yeah, because they, they obviously, I mean, the the first half of the movie, they obviously focused on uh, on Leslie Odom Jr.'s uh, daughter, and uh, uh, once again, Leslie Odom Jr. is 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 the is the only one acting his ass off. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's so fantastic in One Night yeah. in Miami. Yeah, um, I thought the girls were good. And, and and you know from Glass Onion you did last and oh, sure. yeah. I always thought that um, ever ever since seeing him in One Night in Miami uh, he was going to pull off to be one of the best actors out there, but um, but also someone that I was rooting for to to have a good part in this was Ann Dowd mm-hmm. and uh, who I really enjoyed recently in in the in the in the, uh, the movie Mass. Uh, but, um, she kind of reminds me of an, um, another Margot Martindale, you know, starting off as, you know, you know, some, someone, you know, similar to who could pull off the, you know, uh, wear the same shoes as, uh, you, uh, you know, um, a middle-class older woman, suburban, well, you know, yeah. um, um, of, uh, misery, um, oh, Kathy Bates, uh, Kathy Bates character, you know, type yeah. of role and stuff like that. I, I was, you know, it's, I think the movie was, is. I'm thinking that they're going to focus on her character as to carrying on this, the trilogy, um, but it's it, she's hardly using it, and uh, it was her character was used poorly in this one uh, for sure. Yeah. Um. But but not as poor as uh, bringing back uh, Ellen Burstyn. That's yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, it seems like if they're going to use Ellen Burstyn, they're going to have her you know, in the, in the sequels. They're going to have her. Yeah. They, they're they, they're, they, they're going to have a, a fake body of hers. This uh, lying in, in a hotel in, in, in a hospital bed or something just similar like Jamie to Lee uh, Curtis in <laughs> similar to Jamie Lee Curtis in uh, yeah Halloween Kills. Uh, I think uh, yeah, <laughs> let me say this. You know, Leslie Odin uh, Jr. I think the first time I really saw him in anything, or at least I just saw him actually promoting uh, Murder in the Orient Express. He was part mm-hmm. of that cast, and I just saw him. Um, just like promoting that movie. I didn't see the movie. I just saw him promoting that movie because mm-hmm. the whole cast went everywhere. And he was always teamed up with Josh Gad. And I guess they were mm. college roommates. Or And he, Josh Gad would always make fun of him in these interviews. And I really thought the guy had nothing, right? And I know he was he came from uh, um, Hamilton. And, yeah. But, and, in, and when I finally saw Hamilton, and I'm not, I'm not a Hamilton fan. But do I love that? I mean, I love Leslie Owens Jr.'s performance in Hamilton. He really impressed me a lot. And the guy continues to impress me on One Night in Miami. Uh, and now, you know, you were talking about Glass Onion. And now even with this movie, which he is not given that much to do other than being the father who is concerned about his teenage daughter. Even with that, he is a terrific actor. And I think he's a hundred times better than uh, uh, who's Denzel's kid? Um Oh, yeah, David um, Washington. David, yeah, David uh, Washington. Like, get. I'm tired of them trying to push David Washington as the next big star. Push this yeah. guy. This guy's great. Yeah. This guy should be in all the kind of big uh, name actors or big uh, budget films, or Hollywood films. Yeah. That being said, I mean, uh, it's just too bad he's in this movie. I did like like Raymond. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I think the first thirty minutes is solid. I kind of like the idea. I think if they would just focus on the on the on 
Leslie yeah, Owens Jr.'s character and, and his daughter, and maybe not bring out anyone else, and just kind of, and maybe bring in, bring in the voodoo aspect to it because it starts in Haiti. I would have probably really loved that movie. And, but I would, I would also like a, a deeper or whatever, some kind of connection towards the original whatever Zul, whatever Pazulu, <laughs> the, the, the Zoo, demon, the, the 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 original demon to this demon, right, right, uh, the, to. For it, for it Ellen Burstyn though, to come right? out, and like, for like they're, they're, they should they should have like made some kind of link to it. It was uh, right. Yeah, but if it was, it wasn't used enough. It wasn't like a, a like a huge discovery. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned Pazuzu at all in this movie, did they? Well, they did. Yeah, did they? Okay. Well, they well the, well they they used. I mean, when, once uh, Ellen Burstyn just showed up, she uh, um you know. Well, they kind of re- the demon recognizes her, but I mean, right, right. But you also have the demon split in two or something. So you got to think: yeah. is there two demons here, or is it just yeah. one? That, demon? That's, but, a, that's what that was the the, the mess up too. But that's what I'm saying. The, the kids. I, 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 there should, I there like should that have been idea, two kids. Though, just because I like that idea, just because it was it made it kind of different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know I that that wasn't the issue for me, but um, but you know, it was kind of interesting that the main characters in this movie are like Leslie Odom and his daughter. Yeah. And they kind of promoted it as like the, the main characters, like this white girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, the white girl, and I think I would say this, both actresses who who played the teenage daughters are, did a really good job of, of, of them. Mm-hmm. I, and they're in full makeup in a lot of the scenes. And I think they did a good job. And I, I, yeah. I, thought, I thought pretty terrific. I think bringing cuz you know in this movie they bring not just catholic religion but also uh christian religion a little bit of voodoo yeah, and, 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 and baptist I, I don't think david gordon green is the person to handle that <laughs> and it but it just turns out so overhanded and you, you know at one at one time at one you know one moment in the movie it feels like a, the glo- the god squad you know like the avengers <laughs> yeah. of religious religion oh, people yeah. i mean here comes you know you know captain america of religion you know, yeah, like Father Maddox. Yeah, I mean, everyone comes in and tried to, you know, and then I don't know. I, I, that at that point, I was like, boy, this movie is just stupid because mm, yeah. you, you didn't mm-hmm. even have to bring in like Catholic stuff or even the Christian stuff. You just have to just have this guy who just kind of like what they what happens in the movie in the first original Exorcist. You know, it's not like uh, 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 Ellen Burstyn's character was such a religious person in that first movie. She was. She was only. She was desperate, so she had to like turn to religion to yeah. to, to deal with the what's happening to her daughter. That could have right. happened here. I don't. And then, but, you know, but the, I'll say this really, really quick because I, I, I do like the. I, this isn't the marketing and stuff, so I'm not, it's not spoiling anything. But I like the whole like, idea with like the demon, you know, making the kind of the fathers choose, like you know, they, that they have to like pick one daughter. Mm-hmm. And I loved how that kind of tied back. To uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s character and how mm-hmm. you know yeah, he that, had to choose between him and, and his wife or his daughter and his wife. It did. There's and a lot. I of... loved how the the demon. You, I mean, there's there's good stuff there. It's yeah. just like uh, for me, all the religious stuff and all the stuff about the Exorcist. David Gordon Green didn't know how to handle that. Now the him and Danny McBride were the right <laughs> writers for for right. that material. Yeah. And I think they maybe should have worked with like an actual like you know somebody maybe that used to actually be very religious maybe somebody that used to be a priest or something i don't know maybe they should work with someone that you know actually has good knowledge of this stuff and not it you know not a bunch of like ex-comedians <laughs> it, it really feels like once we got to the exorcism they they had like a totally different editor than the first 30 minutes because the third the first 30 minutes was kind of slow it was like telling its story 
But then I like once it gets too. to the Exorcist, it seems like they brought in another uh, editor to do kind of like the Bloom House, the Blumhouse thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah, and it felt like a, a bad version of it. Yeah. Like it made me it made me really appreciate the the exorcism scenes in the first conjuring movie and also the second conjuring movie. And I'm not even like those are those are probably the weakest stuff in those conjuring <laughs> movies for me, the exorcism stuff. And those movies did it like brilliantly compared mm. to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I didn't like the MTV style cutting of like a bunch I mean, it was a lot of cuts in that in the scene, exorcist scene. You know, they're just and the, the 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 I forgot what they said it was, but like you, you see the green mist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was that? And the fire from the from the fire pit or yeah, from the, I just the oh, chimney, the fireplace. Yeah, the chimney. What, what happened? Uh, what was, strong. What, what was it supposed? To, what was it supposed to be for the the, the green? I don't like, know. Light. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. I I watched it. I think two days ago, and I'm already <laughs> like the imagery. I. I remember it, but I, I forgot what their explanation was. Yeah, it's just... It's, I was very kind of, like, baffled by the whole thing like, yeah. while watching it. Because I, I thought the movie really st started off pretty pretty promising, pretty strong. And yeah. I think there is a lot in the movie, again, that I really liked. I think there's good stuff here. It's just, you know, there's also a lot of bad stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good ideas. But, I mean, I think somehow David Gordon Green was just... Well, I don't know. He was just not able to gel these ideas into an exorcist structure or exorcist movie that would fit in with the rest of the franchise, or at least fit in with Ellen Burstyn's character. And yeah, like like what everyone says, every critic has been saying, the way they treated Ellen Burstyn's character was like kind of a joke and yeah, just a kind and of. I don't know if they rewrote it at the same, you know, while shooting it, it really felt like ham-fisted and, 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 you know, like just not really well thought out of what they were going to do with that character at all. And man, to make matters worse, like, you know, we, we hear these stories that, you know, Ellen Burstyn only did the movie, you know, so she could make a, 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 a donation or I think all the money that for her role went to some charity that she wanted or something. Uh -huh. like that. I don't remember, but, um, makes sense. Yeah. But like, she, she's not very good in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she's not, and it's, I feel she's bad not. saying that because like she's amazing like in the original Exorcist she's amazing in Requiem for a Dream I, I never saw the Scorsese movie she did but I mean she's like amazing in everything I've seen her in but in you, there's probably a lot of people is like this is going to be the first thing they see her in and, and you could tell she's like sleepwalking through the role and there's certain scenes where like like where you hear her kind of narrate and stuff and like it's very obvious she's like reading a paper for the first time like she's reading the script for the first time like it's just su such a bad performance <laughs> <laughs> but she does it's not like like because she's a bad actress just she doesn't give a shit i mean yeah i mean and it's like the only reason to bring her in this movie is just to tie it in with the original film and also, and really, the only reason you do that is so you can promote it as like the direct sequel to the original or whatever. And this really isn't the direct sequel. It's just like this something in the, I guess, the Exorcist universe with a surprise appearance with Ellen Burstyn. And uh, you know, um, but anyway, it's it's not. The, I, I, I want to say this: it's not the worst horror movie that came out this year. You know, and 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 I I, I liked a lot of it. It's just too bad. But I like the Pope. The Pope's Exorcist better. Did you really? <laughs> I haven't seen it. I didn't. Yet. I didn't yeah. like the Pope's Exorcist. I actually, I didn't finish it. So maybe I should finish it. 
but yeah, yeah. Uh, let me say this: Jennifer Jennifer Nettles, who's the country singer, and she's she's one. Uh, she plays the, the the daughter of the of the no, the, no, the mother of the daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the mother of the daughter who's possessed. I thought she was really really good in the movie, and I guess she kind of appeared in um, Danny McBride's um, uh, Righteous Gemstones. I don't, I oh don't know. I think she has a character in that one, so that's probably why she is was cast in this. And I thought she was mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, so you know, there is her things... character was very well written. Uh, and I, the in the husband, her her, her husband's uh, oh, was really good worse. too. <laughs> I th- they're they're I mean, okay. I mean, the, the, I mean, the way he was written, the, the, right, I right. Mean, they were yeah. so they were like religious nuts, and it felt very kind of cartoony. You know, I don't know. I don't know if the writers of the Righteous Gemstone were the right people <laughs> to write the religious, you know, aspects in this film. I really think there that was that was part of the issue, man, because that stuff felt very. I mean, you said kind of heavy-handed, right? I mean that. Yeah, I mean it felt very. I, I don't know what the right word for me is, but maybe that is right. I mean, I well, just felt to, off. To me, it felt like more of a pro-religious movie. Don't you think? I, I mean, know. you, you <laughs> say it's more of a cartoonish kind of depiction of religion. I think it's actually a very pro-religious movie. Surprisingly. All religion. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's all like, well, all Christian like, religion. All, uh, I mean, there's well, no Muslims yeah. in this, and there's no Jew, Jewism. You know, they don't. Well, I mean, I, I think like the. Black lady. She was, a, she was like a part of, the, of a, a Christian belief. Was it? Yeah, really? she was more kind of like. Uh, I don't know her, her, her his boxy buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the original Exorcist movie also kind of like pro Catholicism or whatever? Yeah, there was a like, ca- you know, there was a Catholic. It was, mm-hmm. It's a Catholic belief. Yeah, so I mean, I don't think it. I, I know I, it. when I when I think of the Exorcist, the first Exorcist movie, I don't necessarily have. I, I don't think there's any really major stance on Catholic, you know, or Catholicism or, 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 or you know, the Catholic Church or anything like that. And just, I don't see them saying no to anything. I mean, yes, you know. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Know. In this movie. But, I, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't I, – I, I, here, it, just, it felt like they were trying to make a stance or, or trying to make a statement about how – especially with the with – the, with, Leslie Owens Jr.'s character, who is, has lost lost his faith, and you know, I guess he apparently. Well, uh, gets everybody it back, lost their faith, and Dow lost her faith. That's true. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I, yeah, I, I agree with with Raymond that they, I don't think they fully thought it out, and it could have been something there. Could have been really something, something. They could sit. They could have said something. Mm. Anyway, maybe they should have just done a rough draft and then handled it to like someone else. I don't know, just different writers. Yeah, yeah. It seems like the and dad was supposed to be the more of a focus, and then they they wrote it off to the father uh, or whatever. Maybe. Anyway, so there you go. That's our thoughts on Exorcist Believer, which is in theaters, also on Peacock, available on Peacock, and we watched it just in time for Halloween. (laughs) Just, yeah, you know, I, I I've I've watched Saw X, and the only reason I saw I watched Saw X is because a lot of the critics have been liking the movie. Surprisingly, I'm not a big Saw X fan or Saw franchise fan. Let me say this, just really quick. Um, Toby Bell, Tobin, Tobin. Bell, Tobin Bell, Tobin, who's the kind of the face of Saw X or the Saw franchise. I think this is some of his best work in the franchise. 
He's great in the movie. The fur. <laughs> but I, I think he's great in the movie. And 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 I wish they really kind of just focus on that more. Because in the first half of the movie, it really kind of is a character study of him. Like he gets suckered in yeah. and in this kind of medical hospital operation because he's, you know, this is a prequel, so he's dying of cancer. And then at the and then it goes into like a typical Saul movie where you know the, the, he turns the tables on on those people and then he they become his victims, and it's all about kind of contraptions and whatever. And I I don't know I got really really bored about that. So I think it's like some of the best stuff in the fr- Saul franchise, like some of the best acting, and also some of the kind of the worst kind of traps. I I don't think the the contraptions and the the setups and kind of. I don't think they made a lot of sense. Not like, not like, not like the franchise makes a lot of sense when it comes to that stuff. But I mean, at least I think <laughs> it was even more sloppy was, in this one. You don't think he was able to make those traps, you know, down there and where was he? Mexico. <laughs> yeah, <it> was <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> Without his, you know, equipment and his all his laboratory and like just, just yeah. You don't think he was capable of doing all that? Right. <laughs> well, you don't think he? You don't love the uh, the uh, the blood waterboarding. <laughs> I love the concept of it, but it didn't make any sense. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, I like the movie just like because I don't think this franchise is like very good. Yeah. And um, but I, I like it because like it's just a fun kind of like something to put on for Halloween. I mean, for me, this franchise is like all like kind of rental movies that you just watch at home Probably, and like, yeah. eat popcorn. Yeah. And um and it's just it's Halloween, you know, eat eat candy <laughs> along with your popcorn. But um I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean as and I think I'm hoping most critics see it that way also. You know what I mean? Because with Rotten Tomatoes, it's more like this aggregated thing. If someone if a bunch of people give the movie a six out of ten, it's gonna get, you know, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But um I'm hoping most people are giving it six out of tens, because that's I think that's kind of what the movie is. But it's cool because like most of the uh Saw movies are like, you know, like Two or three out of ten, you know. Saying, <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, this is right. the it's the best it's the best Saw movie since the original, and um, yeah, I'm I kind of liked the the spiral, the one with Chris Rock, but it also has that same issue with with the contraptions, where it's like you guys just are overdoing it. <laughs> In Saw X, though, they brought back Shawnee Smith, who I'm a big fan yeah. of Shawnee Smith. And from back in the day, from, her from, summer, from summer school, yeah, from her comedies, summer school, and uh, who's Harry Crumb? She has now become because of the Saw films, has become like a horror icon or or maybe <laughs> scream queen, or guess. I I I really didn't like her performance in this one. I, I I don't I don't know what she was. I mean, I obviously she's also this is a prequel. She's playing much younger. Uh, I don't know if it. I mean, with Toby Bell, you, you know, look, it's been 20 years since the first movie, right? Or yeah. almost 20 years. And Toby Bell looks a lot older than he did in the first movie, right? <laughs> but he's dying of cancer, so you kind of, like, go with it. Now, Shawnee Smith is kind of, you know, I guess she's in her 50s now. And I think she's trying to, you know, look, she looks great. But she's trying to pull off, like, someone in her 30s. And it just didn't, it didn't, I, I, I couldn't buy it. <laughs> Even though yeah. this is a movie where... You know, they have people in contraptions right? and <laughs> sawing off their ar- their legs and arms and shit. And I just maybe I, I just couldn't buy that Shawnee Smith is 30 years old in this movie. But and I but take that away. I just don't know. I I, I didn't really kind of I, I don't know what she was doing. She it really felt like they were just doing fan service with her character. 
And I don't think there was basically, kind of... but I didn't, I didn't mind it. <laughs> okay, okay. I I mean, all the Tony, it, all the, it, it's not it's not handled all that much better in the other movies. All the Tobin Bell stuff I thought was great. I think he's a really good actor, and and, and I you know if they're gonna bring him back, you know I could see, you know do I don't know, Saul X one or I don't know or, you know Saul eleven or whatever, um, you know doing this time frame I guess you know, <laughs> but. I don't know. It's weird. It was weird. Uh, like the like the first thirty minutes, kind of like like the Exorcist believer. Like the first thirty minutes, but then it got to the end and it kind of just collapse. And although I did yeah, like kind of you, the twist ending to... thing with which they do in all these movies, like I I go, oh yeah, you know that's that's cool again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which one would you rec I, I guess not recommend but which one do you think is better exorcist or saw i think i had a better time with exorcist believer than the saw x because i was really once they got into like kind of typical capture hostage you, here's a trap you know put your here's a you know amount of <laughs> you know fat or blood or you have to you know like <laughs> yeah. i just like i don't care man <laughs> like <laughs> you have to open your skull and put a piece of brain matter you know like I don't, dude. I don't give a fuck. What the mm. fuck is this shit? It's not clever. I mean, if it was clever, if it was kind of like smart. No, I mean, no, but I, I mean, I, I, I kind of like that one. They're gonna take take a piece of your brain out, but, <laughs> but the thing that bothers me about it when I watch it is like, you're not really giving people enough time to do these things. Yeah. Like, like yeah. just, just, just die. Why yeah. even try? I mean, you're not gonna. You have two minutes to like do the, like this like doctor surgical thing on yourself like right. with no anesthesia. I mean like just just you're not that's not possible. I mean, you can't do that in two minutes. Is that what they give them? Two minutes? Something or four like minutes? that. Really quick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to do like this stuff, like it's it's not possible. Yeah, it's but, not possible. Um, but I mean, if they it, if they gave him a bit more time uh, and then just like had kind of sped time up because it's a movie, you know. Well, you know, I, what I liked about the kind of the first movie, the first Saw movie, was like the the captives, the hostages were kind of turning the tables on themselves because there there was kind of like this willing to survive, and you know, they're kind of like and you really don't have that kind of sense in here. It's really kind of. You're picked next. Well, here it's more like a, it's more like they're on a Japanese game show. Yeah, yeah. you're next. You're Isn't up. It? It's your turn. You're next. You're up. And there's like no fight. There's no like, hey, pick her, her, pick him, or how about him? you know, like there's no internal fight. It was like, yeah, okay, I'm next. And then let me see if I could, you know, there was open a bit my of brain an internal up. fight. <laughs> yeah. There was there was an internal fight. It just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't really. It wasn't like the first movie, man. The first movie, like there was really this whole kind of mystery behind it, That's and true. it's like everything That's true. Yeah. they did this. They did this very, something very different with this movie, different than even like the, the, some of the shitty Saw movies, where like you know everything up front and that's why i mean like i don't i don't even know what you mean like that there was a twist in the end because i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well i mean uh, to me there was no twist the reveal the reveal that this was all set up to get a certain person you know like it's all even though the blood kind of thing where <laughs> the blood was the, what we call it the blood uh uh, uh blood bath or the, the torture blood, um... the water torture blood thing Oh yeah, the water. Even that, even that, the water. Yeah, the water to the torture blood thing. Even that blood was board. all. Well, uh, was all kind of part of the plan to get a certain person. And 
I mean, okay. I mean, I, 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 I guess I, I, it's not a twist. I mean, it's just like, that's what, this happens in all those movies. But I, I mean, mean, he had to get a, he had to get away somehow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would, if he didn't get away, it would have been no Saul franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, a multiverse. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. I would, I'm not a big Saul guy. I guess, Raymond, you're probably a little bit more of a Saul person than I am. But you yeah, seem but to I like also kind of look at it. I, I enjoyed the movie for what it is as a as like a rental. And if you're a horror fan, you know what the franchise is. Go yeah. watch it in theaters and yeah. have a good time. <laughs> but I mean, I I don't think it's like a great movie. But but I don't I don't think the franchise is great. I think the franchise is just fun. And um, I I it's almost like you know like a lazy kind of grindhouse. You know, Squid Game or something like a Grindhouse yeah, version. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. Squid Game. So you yeah. know, it 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 it's stupid fun. Uh, it's it's not it's not the grounded you know drama, but it does have you know the soap opery elements still going on. It's just the first movie was really kind of unique and special because it had it had a mystery angle to it. It almost had this aspect to it where um. It felt it just felt a whole lot more ambitious. You know, I guess just leave it at that. Okay. But and this movie was, it's all you know everything up front, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no mystery. There's to no it. mystery about. It's very who's straightforward. Killer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very straightforward, and um, I I think we really made it special for a lot of people, and like for yourself and for critics is you know that they finally made us kind of care about Tobin Bell, and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they did his character justice. Yeah, if he deserved, even though he didn't probably deserve it, <laughs> the character, even though he's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean couple, that's good. You know, before we go, we gotta talk about uh, South Park special joining the Pandaverse. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we have to talk about that. But now before, that I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, before that, there's a couple of recommendations. Millie Vanilli has a documentary out on Paramount oh Plus. Oh, I gotta watch that. I heard it's good. It's good. It's it's rich. You liked it, right? Yeah, I did. It Very was, informative. Yes, I didn't know all. Paramount kind of Plus. It, I thought it was on Netflix. No, no, it's a Paramount Plus. It's it cuts all the ins and outs of the whole scandal, the whole their lives, what happened afterwards, before. You know, it, it's a really solid piece of documentary, uh, or chronicling their kind of rise and fall, and you know, it also reminds me how good the songs are. You know, who cares who who <laughs> they didn't sing it, <laughs> but the fucking songs are great. And that album was terrific, and I remember that album quite fondly in my, I guess I was in junior high, maybe, or maybe elementary school. But I, I remember that's that album, and I remember those those hits, and, and so it took me back. So it's a really solid piece of uh, documentary. If you want to know more about the Millie Vanilli scandal, the, the you know, they, it's I guess they, they built it as, I guess they kind of described it as their, the, the biggest hoaxes in pop music history i guess you could say that but it's so much fascinating because more... like it feels like you know everyone kind of does that now and yes like, i no think that's cares. a great takeaway from the documentary is like if this happened now i don't think people would give, give a shit like they were yeah. much more concerned about the genuine quality of singing back then in the 90s than they are now because everything now is kind of really f- fate uh, or kind of, I don't know, manufactured, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the, these technology with, with, um, 
uh, what's it called when you you know but change your voice? Let me ask you because I could I, I want to watch the documentary for myself. But okay. Did they did these guys like you, you know that went on stage and stuff? Did they actually contribute anything to the music? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they wanted to be singers. They, I mean, they were on their way. They were models or dancers in Germany. They hooked up with a really talented sound pr- or music producer mm-hmm. who kind of put the whole album together. But they he were did. just the he faces. They basically did. Yeah. And yeah. they were just the faces, unfortunately. And even though they wanted to be, they wanted to contribute to, this, to the album, but they were like, no, you, can't, you guys can't sing. You're just the face. And so they kind of got sucked up into it. And I think they did an accurate, I think they did an, a genuine job. I don't think they showed these guys in a, war, you know, bad light or, 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 or a good light. You know, they're, they're just, they kind of honestly tells them, tell, tells, tells a story about how they were sucked up out this frame and they became assholes, <laughs> even though they didn't contribute <laughs> to the album. They were big fucking assholes once, once in the height of their fame, you know. And I think that they so this movie tells that story honestly. I don't think it's one sided or stuff. I, I, but I think you, the the takeaway is that times have changed, and it feels like no one would care now about this type of stuff. Because or they would probably care a little bit, but it wouldn't. I mean, the guy would still continue making music, and right. he'd probably just hire new models. Oh and yeah, now people would people would just know oh, that's that's how it is. All right, yeah, he's just yeah. I think I think I think. Um, well, it's 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 funny because the producer never really got hurt by the scandal. It's really just the 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 two, uh, you know, mini vanilla, <laughs> mini vanilla, uh, Rob and Fabrice, Fab, yeah. Fab, Rob and Fab. Um, oh, so the producer that that made the music, he continued making music. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he ever got as successful as he did with the mini vanilla first album. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think I think. Um, but I mean, they were because they were the face. They were the the thing. So they were the kind of the public image of the of the scandal. So no no one really knew about the the, the guy behind the the scenes. Well, I don't know. It's a fascinating documentary. I highly recommend. It's on Paramount Plus. It's called Millie Mil, Mil, Vanilli. And if you want to know more about this '90s scandal that rocked the music industry back then, actually, I guess '89 was more '89. Anyway. Highly recommend. Um, oh, should we really quick just talk about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? We saw it. Me and Rich saw it. Nah. Finally. It's fucking uh, awesome. I mean, <laughs> it's, I, was, I had a great it. time watching it. Mm-hmm. I, and I, unfortunately, it did terribly in, in the box office. I don't know why. And then maybe it's more because we're living now and living in this world where you know, people would pe- rather watch Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, <laughs> people can't but wait you know, for uh, look, Five Nights at Freddy's Part Two. Let me put my two cents in really quick because I I like the movie. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's one of the one of the best Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty good. But I did not like this AI storyline. Yeah, they like AI and, and stuff is just so terrible, terrible. And and I hate that this is kind of the storyline that we're going to be following for this kind of. Yeah, because it, it there's it's a two parter, and I, I have a feeling that maybe it'll be even a three parter. Who knows? But I mean, I just don't love the storyline, and I and I hate that this is the kind of role that ended up going to uh, Eastside Morales. Because I mean, mm. he's a great actor, and he's good in the movie, but 
you know, this feels as, you know, cartoonish and clumsy as like him as Deathstroke or whatever. And <laughs> I just kind of, I just kind of was hoping that he had a more interesting role in the movie and I didn't love it. And, but hey, the action was great. The movie's super entertaining, um, but not one of my favorite Mission Impossible movies and, mm. you know, great stunts and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I, um, horrible horrible villain you know the ai villain thing horrible idea yeah but it, i think somehow chris McCory made it work which is because it's, it's just a bunch of series of stunts and you get yeah and also i guess to, to play counter to myself you know it is also like um this is based off on like 1950s like sci-fi or not sci-fi spy Television. show and those storylines yeah. those storylines were pretty yeah yeah, but I don't think any, any of the f- films are kind of based on any storylines from the TV show. No, but, but like, you know how kind of the, <laughs> oh, right. the Daniel yeah, Craig movies? Are, yeah, yeah, the original. They started yeah. kind of, the, the Daniel Craig movies started to get kind of more cartoony as they went on. They kind of felt more of a throwback to the Roger Moore days. Right, right. Like maybe with this one, they felt like, let's make it more of a throwback to the TV series. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... did hear like Tom Cruise, I, I, like, re, like in the interviews, kind of talking about the TV series a bit more. So I don't, I don't know, maybe this is their way of like. <laughs> Making it feel more like the show. Uh, I think the only criticism modernizing the show. <laughs> the, the the only criticisms I have of the movie is that it shouldn't have been part one. That the the plot is so thin that it does not need a part two. They could have easily just finished this one out. Yeah, uh, I and, agree with that also. But Rich, let me hear you, hear your thoughts. And we'll, we'll, quickly, what's your thoughts? I enjoyed the film. I, I I knew I knew exactly what it was that we were getting into. That it was just going to be another great chapter of action, and that's exactly what it was. It was a little long, but I didn't feel that. I didn't really feel it because it was. I was luckily at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but um, but yeah, I, I was really thrilled because Eastside Morales made it till the end. <laughs> I totally expected him to be gone in like the first thirty minutes, and to go, oh, that's typical. Uh, but um, yeah, this, this it's another great chapter, and and but as far as this AI thing, I, I kind of agree, but I I kind of disagree too because all the other chapters of uh, Ghost Protocol was a you know there was a there was a, a, a uh, it was just a, a thing that they were after that they didn't even explain what it did. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean MacGuffin, it's, it's just, MacGuffin, it, was, yeah. it was a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And there, there, all it was was, you know, all all the other ones are basically just bombs and stuff like that. So what are you going to do? There's, I mean, this, this is basically going to be a bomb. I and mean, there's a typical bla- um, bad guy that you're going to have, um, uh, you know, a henchman. Right. And there's going to be someone behind it. And that's the chapter two. And that's, I mean, that's that's going to be the chapter well, two. And then, the, um, I mean, there's kind of a MacGuffin well, in this one too with the key. And, yeah. Well, I'll agree with Rich in that you know I you know I give them credit for at least not doing another kind of bomb scenario because I that does, looking back at it it does kind of seem like there there's always some type of world ending device right. that they just right. kind of need to stop right right but I, and that is the franchise I mean it's Mission Impossible but so I, I do give them credit for trying to do something more ambitious but I just wish it was not this but you know to 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 give a positive to give to, to say something positive about the movie. I really love uh, Haley Atwell in this. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I think yeah. she's a great addition to the franchise. And I think really the women in this franchise are just, you know, fantastic. Yeah. You know, Rebecca Ferguson, you know, she she's been great throughout, you know, Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. I thought Pom Klemptonoff was pretty good in, in the movie and uh, Michelle Monaghan was good in, in the old ones. I don't remember if she was in this one. No. But no. um but I mean the women in this franchise have, you know, always kinda kicked ass and Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I 100% agree Peg. with that. I 100%. I think more, uh, they kicked more ass than Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Atwell was a great addition. I And the Palm Clement, Clementoff, Clementoff, whatever. Clementoff. Clementoff. I think she was terrific. She's like kind of the main assassin, I guess you could say. She was really good. Well, uh, she's she's the, getting better. Another, I mean, yeah. I, I was a big fan of her in, in, in the, the last Guardians, Guardians film. I thought she, you know, her character was growing. And the holiday special. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and she. I thought she was going, but this is a totally different take. I mean, she's being more evil. Yeah. She's she's not funny. You know, she's actually, and I, I and she doesn't really say much. And I think she she was able to convey a certain degree a uh, degree of, um, you know, Menace. I don't know, you know, this this you know relatability with her, even though she's a, an assassin. I thought she was really really good. I liked her performance a lot. And you know, um, Vanessa Kirby is always great. And and Rebecca Ferguson's always great too. Um, really quick, uh, let me just give you one more recommendation. Uh, been watching s- season two of Wolf Like Me. This mm-hmm. is on Peacock. This is the Josh, Josh Gad, uh, Isla Fisher werewolf comedy or dramedy. I haven't even heard, I haven't even heard of this. Well, we talked about the season one a long time ago. A long time ago, <laughs> probably. This is, I mean, it's, I think it's been more than a year since the first season, right? Uh, this is the guy Abe Foresight, is that his name? Who who is the creator of the show? He's the the director of a movie that we loved, or I think we lo- we all liked, Little Monsters, mm. which was also Sorry. Josh Gad and and Lapita Nyong'o, zombie oh, comedy. She's in this too? No, she's not on this one. Um, she's not. Yeah, um, but we you liked that Raymond, right? Or did you have problems with that movie? I, I thought it was all right. I, I don't remember it too well, but yeah, it was okay. I think Richard really loved it though. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was good. And this is kind of very similar. It's kind of a light tone horror comedy. This is a werewolf. Uh, Isla Isla Fisher is a werewolf. Uh, Josh Gad gets in a relationship with her. Josh Gad has a TV show though. Yeah, it's TV show, and Josh Gad has a uh, teenage or a young teenage daughter. So Mm -hmm. there's complications with that. This continues their 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 um, courtship in season two. Yeah, we're almost finished with it. It's a very, very quick binge. It's like almost six episodes each uh, half, season. Half hour each, yeah. Yeah, really quick. It's almost like a, two movies, really. Yeah, yeah so so it it's per, it's perfect for the Halloween season. I know how uh, mm-hmm. if you're listening if you're listening to this, Halloween's over. But it's still if you're in that mood, well, watch Wolf Like Me. Uh, and let's also talk- upload is back in on Amazon, and so far it's 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 it's. it's it's re- reaching its potential too. I don't know. I, I never even watched season two. Yeah, and this is season three. It started. I, I'm, I'm having problems with it. Yeah, but um, it's, it's not, still it's still better than most. It's running out of gas though. And if this is the final season, let let it be the final season. I think it's running out of gas. It's still pretty funny. I like the yeah. character. I like everyone in it. You know, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not bad. You could do worse. Definitely could do worse. Uh, yeah. Let's end the episode with our thoughts on um, South Park <laughs> as uh, <laughs> a comedy special. Join, joining the Pandaverse, this is where um, Eric <laughs> believes he's in a multiverse, and he believes the multiverse is uh, is, is all women. Or I don't know, Rich, you explain it. <laughs> I don't know Pro- how progressive you explain minority women. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, Raymond, you explain it. Should it. be Raymond. Yeah, yeah, Raymond, you explain it. And so. Eric Cartman. Okay, he, he thinks he's in the multiverse. He he, he thinks he's well, let dreaming. Me, let me get let me let me give the uh, the IMDb brief of it. Okay, they have a little uh, log line there. 
Yeah, South Park joining the Pandaverse. The end of Cartman's familiar and beloved life is predicted by his incredibly unsettling dreams. As the arrival of AIs impending their society. That's right. Grown-ups right. in South Park are also struggling with their own personal decisions. That was a- wow, that's very vague. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, so, this, this, um, this season takes jabs at uh, Kathleen Kennedy, takes jabs at Disney, takes jabs at kind of this idea of life uh, itself <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> takes jabs at Hollywood, turning every, every character into a, a different gender or a different mm-hmm. diversity. Bob Iger gets a jab here. Yeah. But go, go ahead. <laughs> Actually, just start your 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 review of it. What, what's your My thoughts? review of it? Yeah. Um, I thought this was really fun. Um, and it's, it was very satisfying after the, the, the recent South Park special. Because I, you know, I guess they've made four specials so far. Five, including this one. But the first four were basically like part one and part two. So it was like kind of. It was a weird, it was kind of weird, but the first one that they did worked really well, or I guess the first two technically, and then they did the streaming wars, streaming wars part one and part two, that didn't work as well for me. And so for, uh, one of the issues I was having with this whole thing is I thought they could have just started, they could start doing these things as just one special. They don't need to do this part kind of part one and part two. It felt like they were kind of just finding the sheet to kind of get out of their kind of, um to get an extra movie out of their contract out. Because they have to make a, a, like I think eight South Park movies, you know, to com- to complete their to fulfill their contract, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it felt like they were kind of just like splitting it, like oh we'll just do like these specials, and this actually felt like the first one that felt more kind of complete and and, fu- and full and just what what these specials should be, and um, I yeah it's I, I start it kind of starts off with like uh, uh Cartman's having these dreams of uh, that he's been replaced by a, a black woman. And that all his friends, all the characters in South Park have, you know, been re- replaced by uh, minority women, uh, women of all races. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, it, it's it's it, it just it's just happening in his dreams. And then he'll wake up and like he he keeps thinking that you know basically the person that's responsible for this is Kathleen Kennedy, and then you know uh, that they're trying to rebrand South Park and change everything. And uh, I, I don't even I don't even know how to explain it from there. <laughs> well, it, it comes out well, it comes out that, that there is a, a multiverse and there is a, a verse where Kathleen Kennedy oh, yeah. is turning everything gay or was it make it make her make everything a chick and make him gay, and uh, um, that was the kind of the joke. Uh, uh, and Bob Iger at the in the real world is now discovering because of the, the the plummeting sales of of Disney. He is now realizing that uh, the 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 Catholic Kennedy that he knows is is now from a different universe. So now there's this whole journey of trying to get the real Catholic Kennedy from you know from different universes to get them in the right place. And right, it's a it's a take on a lot of a kind of stuff that's going on in Hollywood. Yeah. It's take it's a take on on Bob Iger, Disney, Catholic Kennedy, the 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 idea of a wokeism or <laughs> this woke uh, ideology in Hollywood. Uh, and it's having a fun time with it, Rich. But my your... favorite take, but my favorite take was um, how the, the uh, society itself was being affected about how they're uh, how how they're looking upon their their college uh, intuitions and or their college uh, education uh, has has dumb has now dumbfounded them, making them more more rely on handyman, <laughs> a normal handyman, and how they 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 are now uh, totally switched. 
their uh, yeah the handyman have become the, extremely wealthy because of the, all yes. the new jobs because no one knows all, how to to to, to fix a to work with onion. their hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one no one knows how to fix an oven uh, put it back an oven uh, <laughs> door or simple simple simple, uh, you know, simple things about that and all the white collar uh, educated uh, uh, workers. Uh, have gone to waste. Yeah, yeah. I've got, and all their education has gone. It's worth nothing, and now all the <laughs> handymen are becoming rich, and now they're climbing up that social uh, and, and so uh, financial and they, ladder. And they, and they basic and they basically become like the new kind of like um uh like uh like Jeff Bezos and stuff and <laughs> yeah, like uh, Elon Musk and yeah, they, they were kind of buying, battling about who's going to go to space first. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 another kind of that's a B. Uh, storyline to be, or the the, the other storyline right. in the movie or in the in the special. That's, yeah, more, that's that more that 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 that's that's the kind of stuff that more uh, more movies need to uh, focus on. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think this this you know Trey Parker. The solution the solution for it was also you know pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just bring a bunch of handymen <laughs> from the, the multi different universes. <laughs> uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stoner are kind of really great as recognizing the the silliness and the uh, the ridiculousness of kind of these social problems that we having cuz you know there's a ton of youtube videos right now where hey watch south park they're making fun of uh <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy you know Trey Parker Matt I Stone thought, I thought the message was actually kind of positive though yes i think Trey I Parker is also it. making fun of those guys on youtube who yeah. Are, yeah. who have spent yeah. their whole careers of making fun of Kathleen Kennedy cuz Eric Carmen is that guy He's like kind of a, a troll, and and oh, yeah. he's yelling at Kathleen Kennedy, and he's making fun yeah. of th- those people. You know, he's he, you know that's what's so brilliant about Trey Parker and Matt Stone is that they're they're kind of making fun of the whole ecosystem of that kind of you know, but also nonsense. like Cartman, Cartman like does a kind of rare thing where he kind of like turns good in a way, and he kind of he kind of becomes. A defender of Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, and stuff. So <laughs> I feel almost like, almost like it, it's kind of like we can't let those guys have a win. Almost like you know, yeah. <laughs> almost like we, it feels to me like Trey Parker and Matt Stone were like we can't have those trolls have a win. Right. So right. let's but have it, them. It, it hasn't stopped them. I mean, there's tons of videos that have come out this past week where. But it out. doesn't. If you've watched it, it, it doesn't seem valid. You right. Know what I, I mean? know. I know because it doesn't matter to. to to these people <laughs> it's they're going to continue to do their videos on Kathleen Kennedy they're going to continue to do their videos on uh Rachel Bob Iger. uh yeah Zeigler yeah Zeigler because the they Snow actually White. make Bob Iger to be like a complete innocent person in this whole scenario <laughs> I know I know and I think uh you know because like initially when I was watching the, the special I was going is this too um easy of a joke is it too it's like low hanging fruit because I wasn't that into it yet, and then once we get into like oh Cartman's an asshole, and then also we get into the whole handyman stuff, then we I I go oh no no this is about kind of making fun of what society is or at least making fun of what we think society is on social media, and or you know this whole hoopla about wokeism and all that stuff where it's just silly it's just dumb <laughs> it's stupid everyone's acting like. <laughs> dumb idiots and i think trey parker and matt stone knows how to like hit those notes and make fun and you know really turn the tables on 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 different people it's not and and i think whoever it's it's so funny that these people on youtube or whatever who have 
built a career on making fun of Kathleen Kenny are don't see that side of that that they're actually Trey Parker's also making fun of them too. You know, like they don't they are they're blinded to that and only see think, like yeah, the, they they're, they're taking these nice jabs at, of of Kathleen Kenny and and diversity and awokeness. But it's not that's not the but, joke yeah. really. It's just like this whole theme that you have created and people are pissed off is stupid and silly. But even though all of that is silly, another thing that's also very silly, you know, is the multiverse. You know, I have to agree with Kyle <laughs> yes. on yeah. that. You know, the yeah. multiverse is dumb. Right. But I've got to say, you know, even though the multiverse doesn't really make sense in this at all, it still, to me at least, made more sense than Marvel's multiverse. <laughs> like, I, I at least kind of, like, in, in Marvel's multiverse, I still don't understand why, you know, in, in one universe, you know, in one movie we have, like, uh, a million different versions of a character that all look like that same actor. And then in another series or movie, we'll have like a million different variants where they're all diff different actors playing them. And, you know, there's no consistency. Well, in here, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of, uh, it was just kind of, uh, they, they played both, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah. just kind of random. So it just, it felt more, I don't know, more thought out, even though it wasn't thought out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the 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 whole idea that Kathleen Kennedy has a pandering stone <laughs> and made a wish or something, where she w was able to change the diversity or whatever, and then they, I mean that's what's so great about the, what they pointed out in the in the in the special is like, this is just lazy and stupid. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> it's not it's not about like. All this other crap. And maybe it's, that's why it made. Maybe that's why it worked in South Park because they're just pointing it out. Yeah, and just yeah. Saying it. It's, in a, a kind of in a funny cinematic way, <laughs> in a way. Maybe not cinematic, but for TV. <laughs> and um and yeah, but what uh, what I was kind of saying though was kind of how in one universe, you know, Kathleen Kennedy looks like Cartman. <laughs> and um and, and I, I imagine maybe in that unit in that same universe that. Uh, Cartman looks like Kathleen Kennedy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Kathleen kind of merged to one one being. It, it's it, well, it's funny because like, and also like Cartman is somewhat connected to Kathleen Kennedy, which again that doesn't make any sense either. But it it it, it, it it's it's kind of like when when Trey Parker and Matt Stone is making fun of the actors in in, uh, in the movie. Um, uh, what's their movie? Um, Oh, the the puppeteer movie, um, uh, Team America. Team America. Yeah, like when they were making fun of the actors. I mean, they you know Hollywood is a constant target for for Trey and Park, uh, for Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I mean, it's yeah they're doing this again with with the Panderverse and and and, and, and you know Hollywood is a kind of an easy target too for them. <laughs> it's a stupid place. It's a silly place, and uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I liked it. I, it was funny. It was funny, and I I liked that 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 it it points out that the you know everyone's lazy and and stupid and 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 don't put enough effort in their shit. You know, either if you're a white collar guy who doesn't know how to you know fix a oven door, or you're kind of a you know a troll who's mad at Kathleen Kennedy. Or you're these executives who think that, you know, just putting diversity or changing the faces of some characters or the gender of some characters, that that's going to make them a million dollars. It's all kind of lazy and stupid. And that's I think that's the brilliance of this, this special. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. 
right. That's it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, Insight Flicks. All right. We'll be back hopefully very soon with a new crop of movies to talk about. Thank you, everyone, for listening. All right. Bye-bye, everyone.